What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, episode 261, powered by Golden Eagle Energy Drink. Shout out to them for sponsoring the podcast. They got the whole season sponsored. Uh, I wanted to make that announcement like on an official episode, but as you guys know, on <laughs> uh, episode 260, I had Benzino come through and do an interview with me. And before I deep dive into that, though, I want to let you guys know that, you know, if you if you haven't seen that interview, watch it before you listen to this podcast, because I'm going to go over the interview right now. Uh, I want to uh, first, you know, say shout out to Golden Eagle Energy Drink. They are sponsoring the podcast. Um, they're supporting me. They're funding. They're helping, you know, the podcast grow. So please support them. Go to drinkgoldeneagle.com forward slash DMP to order a 24 pack way cheaper than Red Bull. If you're a fan of energy drinks or, you know, just drinks that are smooth, like even Benzino said, and I didn't, I swear to God on my soul, I did not pay Benzino to say that at all. Like I gave him the can because I knew this is like the first episode we're getting sponsored by them. So I just gave him the can and said, you're a fan of energy drinks. He was like, yeah, kind of, we'll see. And then, so he opened it right there and drank and said that, you know, there's no aftertaste as smooth. He likes it. So that was really cool to get that, you know, especially with, finally getting a sponsor for the podcast and that happening like on camera. That was amazing. So uh, shout out to him for that. But yeah, check them out. Drinkgoldeneagle.com forward slash DMP. It'll take you straight to the Amazon website to order a 24 pack. And uh, if overseas and everybody around, you know, outside of America, we're going to see if we can grow it to get the other people to get it outside of America. That'll be really great as well. But right now it's only in America that you can get it uh, and actually order a pack and have it delivered to you. So I apologize if you're, you know, outside of America and you would like to support and get one, uh, you know, we'll make that happen as time goes on, but shout out to them. I really appreciate it from your guys' support, watching, liking, sharing to the way it's grown now to finally get a sponsor for the whole season. Amazing. So, there's a lot to go over, a lot. Uh, I skipped, I wanted to, like, after I did the Benzino interview, I was going to do an episode immediately right after, but I was like, let, let, let me let the Benzino interview kind of breathe a little bit because, you know, I was, if I would have dropped an episode, it would have been literally the next day because the interview dropped Sunday. So I skipped it. I was like, let me just skip that. Let me let this episode breathe. And that's what I did, and it's performing pretty well. So Let's go over the Benzino interview because I, I also wanted some days to go by to see people's feedback and see what people said about the interview. And uh, first off, this randomly happened. Like I know on the podcast, I said I wanted to get him on, but like I didn't have anything planned or scheduled when I said that. Like it wasn't like, oh, we're talking behind the scenes. And the reason why I said that on the podcast is because I'm going to get him on. I just said that out of my ass talking. Like a lot of times when I talk on this podcast to try to get artists I just talk, and then sometimes I'll reach out, sometimes I won't. Now, when I reach out to artists, because a lot of people wonder, why don't you have a lot more guests on the podcast? Well, the number one thing is actually time, and just, you have to do, like, I don't want to half-ass an interview for you guys. Like, I, I've never half-assed anything I've done on my platform. I never will. I feel like that's cheating you guys. So, in order to have guests on here, I have to take a lot of time to do research and get it done properly and know about the guests and just go down the history and ask questions that really nobody else is asking or, you know, hasn't asked. So that takes a lot of time. You know, and I'm working on documentaries, working on regular news podcast episodes and just life in general. So, you know, I, I promised you guys for season four, I would try to get 10 guests for this whole season four. So far we got, you know, Benzino. I'm gonna try to get nine more. I don't know who, I don't know what, I don't know when, I don't know where, but 
you know, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to work really hard to make it happen. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the Benzino interview. This was random. Like I said, I talked about it on the podcast, wanted to get him on, but it was very, very random. I messaged him. I, You know how I, the reason why I wanted to, like, actually reached out? Because I, I, knew, I knew that his Instagram page got deleted and that he had, you know, he had to restart his Instagram page and he didn't have that many followers. I mean, he's got like 18 or 20,000 right now, but that's not that much. Like when you're reaching out, especially from my diverse mentality Instagram page, which has 260,000 followers, you reach out like that, it's your your message goes all the way to the top on Instagram and you instantly can get, you know, the person's attention. So I literally, I'm not even joking. I was sitting here Friday night at the office. I was working on a documentary and I saw, I just happened to scroll past Benzino's Instagram page. Saw that he had like 18,000 followers. I was like, fuck it. Let me just message him. You know, I said on the podcast, I'd get him. I tried to get him. So I was like, why not? Let's just see what happens. Now, mind you, when I reach out to a lot of these artists, they'll re- there's some that will respond and be like, yeah, I'll come through. Uh, there's, then sometimes it doesn't happen though. Like there's some people that just say it, but they'll never come through. Uh, there's some that say I'll come through, but just wait at a better time. And then there's some that will see the message, just leave me unseen and just not say anything. And then there are people that will never respond or ever open the message and just, you know, so that's the reality of the situation when you're reaching out to a lot of these people uh, to do interviews. So luckily for me, reached out to Benzino, um, literally within probably 30 minutes. I basically just told him straight up. I was like, listen, uh, you know, I like rap Elvis, your diss. And I do. I'm not like joking or lying about that. I think it's the second best diss track uh, that's been released towards Eminem. Cannabis has the number one. I don't have a specific track. I think cannabis really went hard. I need to cover that beef in the future, but that's neither here neither here or there. Reached out to him and said, I love the rap Elvis diss track, but, uh, and I want you on the podcast, but I said, I am an Eminem and 50 Cent fan. So you're going on a platform that is uh, going to challenge you, you know, in some ways. So, you know, I was like, yeah, I've covered your guys' beef, you know, Eminem versus Benzino, who really won. It's got over two, two million views, blah, blah, blah. He read it, and then he responded. He's like, yeah, I've seen the documentary. Let's do it. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, when, you know, when do you want to do this? He's like, here's my phone number. You know, g- give me a FaceTime call. So he actually tried to call me on Instagram video call, but I just, the notification on Instagram is weird. I never got the notification that he was trying to call me, so... Uh, you know, I missed it, but he was like, here's my number. Just call me. I see it in a mother's Friday night, probably like nine o'clock at night. Um, we get on FaceTime quick. Uh, you know, we get, we introduce each other. What's up? He's like, what's up quake? You know, I'm like, what's up Benzino? Uh, you know, and then we immediately got into like the music talk already with like uh rap Elvis, the diss. uh, he was in a great mood. Uh, he was cooking great mood. He was like, you got good energy. Hell yeah. Let's do this podcast, man. I 100% want to be on here. So, you know, I was like, when can we do this? Here's where I'm going to explain to you guys where I felt like the interview could have been a little bit better and where I messed up on. And it wasn't 100% my fault, but, you know, I need to be more on my P's and Q's when it comes to some things. He said Sunday morning has to fly out because he's going to be in Miami. He's going to do drink champs. He's going to do whatever interviews he's doing out there. So he's like, we literally have tomorrow, you know, and he was like, I, he, he was encouraging me to do it tomorrow, on, which, which would have been Saturday, because he's like, the topic is hot right now. If you want to, you know, get the best possible outcome of the interview when it comes to views and performance, 
you know, tomorrow's the best time that we do it. So I thought about, it, I was like, yeah, but it doesn't give me enough proper time, um, to, to really, really a deep dive. And I really wanted to go over his whole life at that point, because I was like, the Eminem thing is I already know most of it. Like all I got to do is watch my Eminem versus Benzino who really won. That's literally me explaining the beef. And I trust my own research better than every, anybody. So I then thought about, I was like, okay, if we just stay on the Eminem stuff, I can be good. You know, if we kind of tap out of there, I'm not going to really know too much about Benzino's life. I know he's part of the source magazine. He's on love and hip hop. I don't really know too much about his early life. So I was like, okay, if we're going to stay, and that's what basically he was implying that we're going to stay on the Eminem topic for the most part. And I implied that as well. And he knew, like I said, blatantly opened that I was an Eminem fan was, I am an Eminem fan and I am a 50 cent fan. So that's the ops. Basically you're going on a, it's like a, in America, we have Democrat and Republican. It's like a Democrat going on a Republican platform. That doesn't happen often. That's rare because you're going on a territory that's completely against, or at least mostly against what you're saying. So knowing that you guys have to, and I, I did this, I gave him huge props for coming on a platform, knowing that it's somebody that supports the other side. And that needs to be commended a lot more. Benzino could have just been, could have said, no, nah, man, fuck you. You're, you're Eminem support. Why would I go on your platform? And you attack me throughout the whole interview. So, you know, he, he was like, let's do it, man. doesn't matter if you're Eminem supporter. We can debate, discuss. That's what hip hop is about. Let's do it. All right, cool. So Saturday came. I wanted to do the interview eight afternoon just to allow me to, to have more time to prepare. That's what I wanted to do. But, uh, you know, he, he pushed it up to seven, which is a little bit an hour. He wanted to do six, but he was, I was like, can we just do seven? Like, All right, let's do seven. Um, I, I, you know, I watched the Eminem versus Benzino who really won. I write down my notes. Boom. I got this question, this question, this to go, this to go. Right. I have it planned out in my head. This is how I want it to go. This, that. So he comes here. He actually arrives early. So salute to him being professional, arriving, uh, earlier not even on time but earlier which is way better he arrived like 6 40 pulled up just him no security and his girls in the car that's it that's it just him pulled up solo double uh what's up quake you know what up Vito? comes in great energy immediately you know we sit down and he before we sit down he's like can we do the interview for like about an hour or so and in my mind i was like fuck i want more time than that because i need more I want to like expand on things and talk more about things but I realized that Sunday morning has to fly out you know and it's already in the afternoon late uh eight o'clock at night already you know by the time we get the interview done by the time he drives back to his house he's probably trying to get some sleep maybe he has to fly out really really early in the morning so I was like you know what let's do around an hour it's fine um then we get into the interview and I had it planned out where I was gonna you know start from the beginning of the beef to you know where we're at now that was like that's if you watch my Kid Kid interview, the Kid Kid interview, the first one, not the second one, the first one was about three, almost three hours long. That tells you right there that I have a whole like story that I want to go through the whole like career timeline. And then sometimes when we're in conversations, it's going to go off the path, but I usually go back to what my schedule was in the interview. Um, but this kind of just went left completely because we started out with the Golden Eagle energy drink, uh, you know, saying power by them, blah, blah, blah. And then it started getting to Europe and food and, you know, him being raised in Boston, which was cool. I liked that conversation, but with the limited time we had, that's not the thing that I want to be talking about right now. Like I want to talk about everything that, that I really, really want to talk about, which is the Eminem thing and the 50 cent at the end where I talked about the 50 cent stabbing incident. So 
you know, we, we spent about probably 15 minutes talking about that. So already 15 to 20 minutes is out the gate. So then I started to get into more of the M&M stuff. And this is where, um, you know, I had us, you know, I had, I have actually still have my notes here. You know, I had it from starting the beginning point of how this thing started, this, this, and that. And you can tell in the interview, I was trying to get into that, but then it ended up going to different conversations. So, you know, my plan was to go through that schedule. It didn't happen. Things kind of went left and right, but it's okay. That happens. And I expect that in interviews, nothing that you plan. I have things. You're always going to have something planned until it actually happens. Things are going to change because conversations change. So, uh, you know, we, we started talking and, you know, I pushed back on things. I didn't like that. A lot of the feedback, like when I, not a lot, cause it really wasn't that much. Most people were positive about the interview, but a lot of people online were saying you were just agreeing with everything Benzino had to say. You were his yes, man, whatever the case may be. And I was like, in what world does that make sense? Did you guys watch the same interview? That's the thing is like, I pushed back on a lot of things he said, but here's the thing. When the person is in front of you and you guys are having a civil conversation and he's making some good points, which he was, I think to deny that Benzino was making good points is just, you just straight up being a stand. And that's the difference. That's why I corrected him when he said fans, Eminem fans. I think Eminem fans are logical and they can see some points that Benzino is making is right. And that, Hey, if he calls music to be murdered by dumpster juice, that's his opinion. I'm not going to sit here and fight and punch the guy for his opinion in music. I literally said in the interview, Get Rich or Die Trying to me is the greatest album of all time. And he said, that's the beautiful thing about hip hop. It's just perspective. It's opinion. And that's what it is. So I know a lot of people got mad at me for, you know, they got mad at me for Benzino saying, for me not fighting back Benzino for him saying music to be murdered by is dumpster juice. Like, what do you want me to say? Oh, your opinion is wrong. No, that's his opinion. And to be honest with you, Music to be Murdered by is not one of the best Eminem albums. It's, you know, I had somebody tweet me, it's a classic. I'm like, dude, that's your opinion, but it's nowhere near a classic to me. And I think for a majority of people, it's not a classic. To say it's a classic is like wild. That means you just throw the word classic like it's nothing. So that's a whole different topic of opinions of music. Whatever, I'm not going to argue. Even when he called Music to be Murdered by dumpster juice. I said, I like kamikaze, meaning the reason why I threw that out there is because during that time frame, after the revival thing, after revival being so bad, people were just criticizing Eminem as a horrible artist after that. And I was like, no, he dropped kamikaze and that shit was fire. That's probably one of his best albums. I ranked Eminem's albums. I think I had in my top three or top five. Anyways, that was one thing I got, you know, like, why are you, you know, you know, not pushing back on that? That's his opinion, guys. I'm not going to fucking argue about somebody's music opinion. That makes no sense. That makes, that's the dumbest thing to argue about because it's like, that's your opinion. If that's what you feel, then that's what it is. Sales said that it sold double platinum, 2 million. Amazing. I don't know. So I'm not going to argue about that, but uh, people were saying that I was, you know, pandering to him and I was like, uh, he made a lot of valid points, guys. That's the thing though. Like, cause I got attacked by Eminem stands. I'm not talking about the fans. Fans are the logical ones that, you know, think revivals garbage that actually admit that Eminem has made a bad album that are logical thinking and have common sense and don't, you know, get into their feelings about people's opinions and things like that. Those that's why I corrected Benzino. Like I said, when he said fans, the ones that are crazy are the Eminem stands. Those are the ones that I got death threats from for simply saying, I like machine gun Kelly's disc record better. That's wild to get death threats over an opinion is insane. That's just not normal. You know, 
and and then my whole thing sorry i'm losing my train of thought here because i'm like i get so angry about that death threat shit that i'm like it's insane that you get that but i was correcting on those things that hey let's separate the eminem fans from the stands because not all eminem fans are crazy i'm a huge eminem fan but i'm you know i'm not over here saying that Eminem's the, you, everything Eminem does is amazing and I'm a yes man for Eminem and everything he does is the greatest thing that's ever existed, guys. Come on. That's a stand. And I'm not even like that with 50. I've said Animal Ambition's an all right album. I said he's corny for calling out Banks and Buck. I've said a lot of shit. When he, when he had that Black Magic album coming out and he was doing that disco music, I was like, this is fucking trash. This is dumpster juice music. It's all right for artists to have bad albums, guys. That's So anyways, I'm getting off track. But... I felt I did good in separating that. And he made good points about, uh, you know, Eminem, Eminem's fans or stands that go crazy for him not supporting his artists. That's one thing. Uh, Eminem's beat selection, I agree, could have been better. He used to have better beat selection earlier on. Now it's gotten okay with beat selection. But that's just an opinion once again. But I agree with that. So there's some things, some good points he made. And if you guys... if. If you're an actual Eminem fan and not a stan, you can see that Benzino doesn't have any issue with Eminem. Like, it's not a direct issue with Eminem. It's mainly with his fans. If you guys watched the interview, he said, he said something along the lines of crazy fans are attacking me. And I was like, yeah, but you can't take out what the fans are doing to you on Eminem. That's me defending Eminem. I'm like, why the fuck are you attacking Eminem because of what fans are go going after you for? And then he kind of rebuttaled and he's like, man, who am I supposed to take it out on? Because if he's like, if I talk to these fans, they don't even have a profile picture and it's some random name. And then we burst it out laughing because that's true. When I got death threats from Eminem stands, it was some random people with fucking four followers, no picture, nothing, random names. Because, you know, an average person, nobody will say that to you in real life. Let's just say that. That's, that's, that's why these people have no profile pictures and they talk shit because they'll never say that to you in real life. Um, so I agree with that. I was like... But I was like, I still defended Eminem. No, I said, listen, don't just attack Eminem because of these fans. But he's like, that's the only person I can go after because he actually has a face. He's actually a person. And these online people aren't. So I can understand that point of view. But at the end of the day, I was still defending Eminem. Now, other ways I was defending Eminem throughout the interview because you guys just, the people that were commenting saying I was supporting him and agreeing with everything he said. Uh, the other thing was he said, and this is from the beginning of the beef. Because when I went over my Eminem versus Benzino, who really won, he said this in the beginning of the beef. He said, Eminem being a white rapper sucks all the sales from everybody else and all the tensions on him. And that's when I, and that, if you guys watched the interview, it surprised Benzino. It surprised him. Because if you look, he's like, really? Like, I said, every time, every year that Eminem dropped an album, everybody that year sold a lot more. And you can look it up. Look it up on Wikipedia, the first week sales, and then you can find out the overall sales that year of albums. Everybody was like over 500, 600,000 their first week, besides like maybe a few albums. But when Eminem didn't drop, like the highest was like 500,000. And then everybody was below that. Now, I don't know if that's an Eminem effect or, but I was just using the example of when I went, when I would go to stores back in the day when CDs were selling, you would go to stores, you would see Eminem's album, and then you would see surrounding albums like Nelly, T.I., whoever at the time was popping, uh, Ja Rule. And, you know, that would intrigue you to potentially buy, you know, a different album or check it out. That's what that's the example I was giving to Benzino. But then he threw the the thing of, but look, uh, you know, 
that's not true because Eminem stands don't support Royce to five nine. Now, in that moment of the interview, I should have recognized what he was doing. He changed the conversation from Eminem just supporting hip hop and making hip hop more globally known. That's basically was my point was that Eminem was broadening hip hop and making more people want to come into hip hop and enjoy it and consume it and purchase it. That was my point. His point was that Eminem's fans aren't supporting uh, anything Eminem is associated with, which is two different. I think they need to be separated because Eminem has brought a lot of people to hip hop. I'm I'm a 100% product of it. I said in the beginning of the interview, we got introduced to hip hop through Eminem, and then eventually, if, you know, I obviously love 50 Cent's music more, and then I became a huge 50 Cent fan. Obviously, still an Eminem fan, regardless. But um, I'm a perfect example of that. So that was my point, and that Eminem made it more global and wide. I should have caught that he kind of changed it to, uh, you know, more of a Eminem fan base type of thing. And I wasn't making that. I was just saying that Eminem made it more global and more people were purchasing albums, whether they're Eminem fans or not, you know. So that was my point in that. And I should have, in the interview, I should have caught that. But I mean, in the moment, you know, you, you can, you always hindsight looking on it, you know, like if you ever had a, uh, if you ever argue with somebody really, you know, you're really angry and you're trying to make points and then you've, and then once the, argue, the argument's done, uh, you then come up with some better points of what you should have said. That happened basically. That happens in interviews. That happens a lot of times. So let me get a drink of this Golden Eagle because my mouth is dry and I'm over here stuttering like crazy. So shout out to Golden Eagle. Almost ran out of this can. So I was just drinking it, doing research. Sorry for the plug again, but I genuinely drink energy drinks. You guys have seen on the podcast since it started. I've always had an energy drink or some coffee, but mainly energy drinks. I prefer them more than coffee. And this to me is the greatest like sponsor I could have hoped for because, you know, now I got energy drink for ages, cases, cases. And, you know, now I can drink them and not have to, you know, really spend a lot of money. Anyways, back to what I was talking about. You know, made that point that nobody else made in that interview of Eminem rising sales of other artists. So Benzino's argument was he took sales. My argument with proof, which I should have had the, the statistics and everything. That's what I'm saying. I wish I had more time to prepare for the interview. More proof. Uh, I would have, you know, kind of shut down that whole narrative. And I think I did. I surprised him with that, with that thing. And he said, really? Like it was, cause that's what I'm saying. Nobody mentioned that. Nobody's ever mentioned that in interviews. People just kind of, you know, don't, I don't know, do research, I guess. So that was another defending. So that's two defending things. The third thing was that, uh, he said shady records as label flopped, you know, and even in rap Elvis, he has that. And it's true. Other than 50 cent, Obi tries did pretty good. I think he sold double platinum on his first album or maybe even triple. I don't know. I don't remember exact sales, but he did good. Other than that, pretty much everybody else didn't really have any success. But I threw back at him, and I should have mentioned this artist. It just completely slipped my mind. I didn't think of it at the time. I threw back at him Jay-Z and Rockefeller. Let's be honest. Jay-Z and Rockefeller, what what Memphis Bleak didn't do that crazy numbers. Young Guns didn't do that much crazy numbers. Beanie Siegel, Freeway, what do they do? What are those? They didn't really do much. Now, people are going to, you know, I saw in the comments, what about Kanye and Rihanna? That has nothing to do with Rockefeller. Rihanna was never signed to Rockefeller. Kanye, on the other hand, I don't even remember what exact label deal he had, but Kanye's, Kanye West wasn't like officially Rockefeller, Rockefeller. I guess you can kind of say Kanye, but that's one artist. Eminem had a one artist with 50 Cent, so it's the same type of shit. Uh, one artist is not really, you know, the point here in terms of, uh, success when it's hard for an artist to have a successful label because he's the face of that label and then it becomes a kind of that artist type of thing 
Uh, and then, you know, we threw out, you know, I threw out the Young Money with Lil Wayne. Um, yeah, the first album came out. So, yeah, Kanye Kanye was the success from Jay-Z, basically, uh, for the most part. Um, and then Jay-Z had success later on with Rock Nation and as a management kind of company with J. Cole and Rihanna and so on and so forth. But regardless, I threw out that out there. Didn't happen. Uh, Nas with the Queensbridge artists, all that. That didn't happen. Uh, I should have threw. This is the label that I should have threw at Benzino. is Ja Rule Murder, Inc., because who the fuck out of Murder Inc., Cadillac Ta, Black Just, or whatever, Black Child, sorry, not Black Just, Black Child, and whoever the fuck else, besides Ashanti, and Ashanti got big because of the hooks she was doing for Ja Rule. Um, yeah, so that's what I mean, is like, it's hard for an artist-led label to succeed. So to blame that on Eminem, I, I actually pushed back on Benzino for that. And that's another thing defending him. So that's three times I defended him. Another moment, when he said Eminem's fans are crazy, that Eminem is the only one to have these white, crazy fans. And I was like, no, uh, look at Kanye's fans. They literally at one point were calling him God. Kanye's Kanye can literally support Hitler and his fans will still support him. Kanye can say all kinds of shit and his fans will still support him. And then I threw Nicki Minaj in there because of the recent Megan and Nicki stuff and Nicki Minaj barbs. But then he was like, it's females, it's barbs. Whatever, I mean, I guess that's a decent point because females act a little more emotional when it comes to this type of stuff than males do. But Eminem having the only only crazy fans is not, that's not true. So I pushed back on that as well. That's four different scenarios where I was pushing back on him. Now, did Benzino have good points here and there? Yes. There's like, and at the end of the day, the thing that I, I wished and Benzino even said this, and I wish more Eminem fans would realize this, is open your mind to other music because there's a lot of Eminem stands that I run into that only listen to fast raps, and that's it. Fast rappers that can... That's it. They don't fuck with anything else. They think Lil Baby's trash. They think Future's garbage. They think Travis Scott's dookie. They think no, 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 nobody else is good besides the... Like fast rappers. It's like you can like that, but dude fucking open your eyes hip-hop has so much shit to offer so i hate when people you know like if i say oh i love little baby man i love he's lyrical here and there oh little baby's not lyrical auto-tune he's garbage auto-tune like bro like what the fuck open your mind to stuff and he would that's what he was saying he was like if i could say anything to eminem fans just open your mind which is nothing disrespectful it's not nothing that i can't agree with what am i supposed to say fuck you and no that's not the come on guys like I think a lot of you wanted me to like to fight him, basically. I don't know. I don't know what, what, what you guys wanted out of me. And I knew going into this interview, I wasn't going to please everybody, and I know that. Every interview I'm going to do, I'm never going to please 100% people, and that's not what I was looking for. But I think be a little bit more reasonable in saying that, you know, I was defending Eminem a lot of the time, and you got to give Benzino respect for coming on a platform of a guy who's an Eminem fan. So... The one thing that I regret is the interview was a little bit quick. I wish I had more time with him. And two, because of the limited time, I and I beat myself up right after the interview got done and Benzino left. I was like going over. I was like, shit, I forgot to ask him about the ghostwriting thing about Rap Elvis because we talked about it on FaceTime briefly. And he said on FaceTime, he said, uh, yeah, I just got a line or two for the ghostwriting stuff. He was like, it wasn't like they wrote the whole record for me. So I, I would have pushed back on him on that too. I would have said, listen, if you're in a rap beef, uh, you you know, even if you got ghostwriters, don't admit it during the rap beef. It makes no sense. And the ghostwriting thing, I would have been like, it kind of takes away a little points from the from 
from what you did. Um, but at the end of the day, man, we don't know, you know, a lot of diss tracks have come out and we don't know if somebody threw lines at other people. You know, I'm not saying the Eminem's disses and what he's done, he's had help with. I don't know. But, you know, I've heard Nas on Ether got a couple lines here and there that helped. You know, even Steve Stout said he was in the studio adjusting it, which, you know, some people believe, some people don't believe. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's the only question that I wish I would have threw in there in the time that we had. I, I fucked up on the Ghost Riders thing. I beat myself up for it. I got pissed on myself. I, you know, asked my brother Vito. Uh, I was I was so mad. Um, so I just heard a bunch of people laugh. I was like, who the fuck is... But anyways, uh, that's my kind of uh, talk about the Benzino interview. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. I'm glad I got to do it. It was something different. And Benzino's a really cool guy, man. I think... Uh, I hope that if, if you were a straight Eminem stan or a really hardcore Eminem fan, that it kind of changed your perspective on Benzino. I think he made a lot of valid points. Um, is he 100% accurate in everything he's saying? No. I mean, everybody has their own opinion. You know, I think Music to be Murdered by isn't dumpster juice, but I don't think it's a fucking classic. I think it's a, it's a good album. Like, good. Not great. Not classic. Good is like anywhere from 6 to 7 out of 10. That's really great is like eight or nine. And then classic is 10 out of 10. So it's like a six or seven out of 10 for me. It's not that great of an album. Like, you know, Eminem's Kamikaze is like a nine out of 10 for me. So anyways, that's kind of my thoughts on the interview. I wish I would have had more time. I wish I would have asked the ghostwriting thing. And there's a lot of other things that I wish I would ask maybe in the future. And if you guys want, I'll bring Benzino back again and then we'll have a more lengthy conversation and uh, kind of maybe when the beef settles, and kind of the situations, you know, or Eminem drops his response and then Benzino drops his response. I'll probably have him on again. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but like I said, I want to get more guests. I'm going to, that's, I said 10 for season four. So nine more left. I'm going to try to get more. And, uh, you know, thank you to all of you that, you know, even if you disagree with the interview that you, that you watched it, um, you know, got your moments out of it. Uh, regardless, I'm appreciative. A lot of people left amazing comments. Like there was somebody who left a comment saying, uh, you know, I like that you were, you were still confronting him, but you were respectful of his answers and you were, you know, taking your time and, you know, and that's, that's basically what it is, guys. I'm not here at the end of the day. It's just, it's just a hip hop battle. This is not life or death. Uh, it's not spilling into the streets. These guys are 50 year old men. Uh, Eminem is 50, Benzino is 58. This is just battle. That's all it is, guys. Nothing too serious. Even Benzino said, my hate isn't towards Eminem. His fans are just the crazy ones, so I'm taking out an Eminem. That's all it is, guys. I don't think sending death threats and calling people you know, racist things is not the cool way to go about this, guys. It's just a fun battle. Enjoy it for hip-hop. Enjoy that it's happening. Enjoy that we're having these moments while these people are still alive to give us these moments because they're getting older. They're in their 50s. God forbid you know, the next 10 years, it could be gone or the next 20 years, who knows? So just enjoy moments, guys. It's not that serious. Um, you know, I'm glad you guys enjoyed the interview and, uh, yeah, hope to do more. So let's get into the news because there's a lot that's happened and, uh, we're going to keep it on the Benzino topic quick. Conway, the machine addressed Benzino's comments about, uh, him leaving shady records. This is what the article says. Conway the Machine is clarifying a few things after his name was mentioned in an effort to slight Eminem on Benzino's latest diss toward the Detroit hip-hop icon. Released last week, the former owner of The Source taunts M that Con left your label on rap, Elvis. Uh, taken to Instagram on Wednesday, the Buffalo native clarified that he has nothing but love for M, even if he's no longer on Shady Records. So let's go over the whole Instagram caption. 
He said, peace. I just want to speak on a few things. I heard Benzino, uh, I heard the Benzino joint and I just need to clear this up for everybody. He said, one, I didn't leave Shady Records. Also, I never wanted to leave the label. My contracts were simply fulfilled. Two, and most importantly, I fuck with Eminem, Rosenberg, Mike, uh, Shady Records, 50 Cent, and I could never feel any ill feelings towards M and them guys. They gave some 35-year-old street guys from Buffalo that's been shot in the head and did jail sentences a chance and an opportunity to make it out the hood and take care of my family. So I'm forever thankful for that. So with that being said, if you're having feelings or whatever towards bruh, leave me out of it, please, because I'm always going to ride with big bro love. So very cool. Uh, I'm glad he kind of like, you know, backed up that. And that's the thing. I don't think these artists like left the label. I think it just, they, they tried to make something work. Contracts got fulfilled and everybody kind of got out the way. To be honest with you, what Eminem could have done with a lot of these people is screw them in contracts and keep them on the label. And if, you know, things go bad, he can shelve them. He can do a lot of things. That's what a lot of record label owners do. They do bad, evil things. Eminem never had that type of energy. So, uh, very cool that he kind of, you know, doubled down on that and was like, just clarified the comments. So he posted a bunch of photos of, you know, Conway and um, um, and all that stuff. So, yeah, pretty cool. Shout out to Conway for, you know, showing love. Drake, uh, you know, Drake always has something to say subliminally and it's never, you know, direct shots, but. We'll talk about it. Drake has revealed that the thought behind the impossible to miss get up from the opening night of his joint tour with J. Cole. So if you guys don't know Drake, when they first did their first show for the It's All a Blur tour with J. Cole, he was wearing a costume. It had like a fucking, it was weird. It had like a spinal cord. There was, people were making fun of him online for it. And then, uh, Drake basically explained why he was wearing it. So let's play the clip. Everybody had jokes yesterday asking why I wore a spine out here. I'm going to tell you why I wore a spine. I wore a spine again today. Shout out to Shimoda. I wore a spine because most of these guys, when I look in the eyes, are spineless as fuck. So I had to wear the whole background. Plus, plus we made that shit out of the skeletons you got in your closet. So be careful who you're talking to because I wouldn't turn up. I I don't know. You guys already know where I'm going to go with this, man. I'm tired of this subliminal and Drake. I'm going to turn up, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm Don't talk about me, guys. Don't talk about me. I'm going to turn up. Come on, Drake. Do it, damn it. I want that Kendrick versus Drake, damn it. You guys already know how crazy I get with that, man. Why can't we get that beef? Why can't we get that beef? That's the, why can't we get that? Turn up, Drake. Turn up. Trying to sound like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Don't even talk. Damn it. <laughs> Turn up, man. Go out most deaf, man. Fuck it. He's wearing, what do you wear? A skirt? He just recently posted a photo. So go out most deaf. Go at Kendrick. Slap Kendrick a few times. Come on, man. We got to get that beef. Come on, man. Come on. Please, Drake. Stop playing games. You guys are just talking to concept. Oh, well, turn up. You got skeletons in your closet, boy. I'm going to turn up. Man, I'm tired of hearing this shit, man. I'm tired of speaking on this. I'm tired of hearing this guy just throw subliminals. Why can't he actually turn up? Maybe he doesn't have a turn up anymore. Maybe it, the hunger's out of him. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Because to me, I kind of ran out of, you know, what, what to think 
after all these, he says all this stuff. I'm going to turn up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, I got a spine because you guys are spineless. I came out here with a spine because you guys are spineless. Yeah, if I get into what I, I'm just not going to get into all this stuff. Hopefully there's a battle that's coming because Drake, come on, man, be a man. Please be a man for, for, for the sake of hip hop, be a man. This is why I liked having Benzino on here because I told him, to his face, I appreciate you older generation artists. You guys are direct and forward. I'm tired of the subliminals. I do not like subliminals. If you're going to diss, go at the motherfucker. Go for their neck. I want to hear their name on the track. Anyways, you guys already know how I feel about that. Let's get into Keefe D because Keefe D is a, a topic always at least once a week because of everything that he said and he's going through. So, Let's go over his article. Keefe D is currently behind bars awaiting trial for Tupac's murder. Though an officer involved in the case is now claiming that the gangster's nephew was bragging about pulling the trigger back when the killing occurred. Uh, Compton gang unit officer Robert Ladd, who worked on investigation following the 1996 shooting, spoke to Vlad about the ongoing mystery in the conversation published on Saturday. When explaining how miscommunication between at Las Vegas PD and Compton PD led to a missed opportunity to intercept a white Cadillac allegedly involved in the murder. So let's play the clip. Let's see what he had to say. So then the chief got involved and called their chief or whatever and said, hey, man, we just want to share information. So what I'm going to do is take Reggie Sr. off the case and we're going to put, you know, Lad and Blondie going to be your liaison so you guys can exchange information. But days have gone by now. And all, all we were saying is that, hey, man, we know the white Cadillac's going to come back to the hood, right? If we would have knew there was a white Cadillac, we would have been looking for it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, in that type of aspect, maybe we could have caught him or, yeah. or even, uh, you know, found the Cadillac because the Cadillac was never found. As soon as it happened, you know, you have a whole network of informants. Correct. In Compton. Were they telling you who the shooter was? Yeah, within the next few days, we start getting calls from informants. And our first ones were saying, hey, it's it's a Keefe. Orlando was a shooter. They're telling us that Bubble Up and, and Big Dre were in the car. This is days after. This is informants telling us. And it's just not us. Other people had informants too. Reggie Sr., um, this guy in charge of the narcotics, you get Bobby Baker. They were also getting calls with the same information. That is crazy. So this this could have been solved within a couple of days. We knew that already years and years ago. We knew that uh, you know there's people in the streets that already knew that Orlando was bragging about the shooting, that he killed Tupac and Keefe D and everybody else that was in the car wasn't saying anything, but Orlando was. He was bragging about it, bragging to the streets, his homies, whatever. Um, so the, the the murder could have been solved a long time ago, but there was an obviously an evidence issue. And it's mainly that car, that white Cadillac. Had the police, the Compton PD in Las Vegas, uh, had Las Vegas police actually given information to Compton PD and not been hard-headed dickheads, they could have potentially stopped that white Cadillac from, from entering Compton. They would have had evidence right there. They would have locked up the people that had anything to do with the white Cadillac. Like, think about that. Police got in their own way, like the, the fucking, well, mainly the, the Las Vegas police. They got in their own way of solving this, which now it makes sense why, you know, people don't believe 
don't believe that, or at least there was a conspiracy theory that the police didn't want this solved because of things like this. I mean, this is just insane. Like I never knew this. This is new information to me. I don't know if, you know, in the book, like Vlad was uh, referencing, that's insane information that had the Las Vegas police just been, you know, willing to share information with the Compton PD, they could have stopped that white Cadillac, got it, potentially got evidence from it, from the shell case and shootings, everything. And they could have arrested potentially all four of the people that were in the car at the time. But nope. So, you know, everybody knew it was Orlando and Keefe and uh, everybody else that was in the car. I keep forgetting the other two guys' names all the time. But, you know, Bubble Up and uh, what is it, Big Dre. So everybody knew it had something to do with those four people. As far as the exact shooter, you know, people were speculating. I've always speculated that it's Orlando, but then there's been word that it's Big Dre and this and that. So it's been back and forth. Keefe potentially had something to do with it, whatever. That's up for speculation, but they would have all been charged the same, so it doesn't matter who who let off the trigger at the end of the day. Um, but this is like insane information, man. And, you know, hopefully there's more more detail to this when uh, the court, the Tupac murder trial starts. That's going to be very interesting, man. I think uh, that's probably, that's going to be some must-see court TV. So we'll keep our eye out and see if any new information starts to come out as time goes on. Speaking of Tupac, Daz Dillinger. Daz Dillinger said something that kind of sparked, well, it made a lot of people angry. Let's just say that. Uh, so let's 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 go over. Fat Joe has weighed on it, weighed in on it. So Fat Joe has weighed in on Daz Dillinger's claim that no one associated with Death Row Records uh, was jealous of Tupac because, according to him, they made Tupac. So there's been a lot of rumors online that Snoop Dogg was jealous of Tupac, Daz Dillinger, and everybody that was around Tupac were enemies and they were jealous that he succeeded and they. They didn't want to see him succeed and that they wanted him dead and this and that and that. So Daz Dillinger, you know, spoke to that and said, like, if it wasn't for us, Tupac wouldn't be who he is. So let's actually, you know, uh, play the clip for you guys. Yo, I got a problem with this. You know, people are always saying that Snoop, Dr. Dre, us, everybody, we was jealous of Tupac. How can we be jealous of Tupac and we made Tupac? You know what I'm saying? We put that album together. We came over there. We gave him music. We did that. We wanted him to be the man of the man. You know what I mean? So how was we jealous putting his album together? You know what I'm saying? Taking songs from us and giving it to him. How is that jealousy? The only jealousy there was was Suge Knight in his ear and everybody's ear causing confusion. Look at that now. You know what I mean? All on this little podcast, always talking shit. Kill that noise. The dog pound, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, none of us. We was never jealous of Tupac. Because we can go in the streets and hang out and do what the f we want to do. He was limited for what he had to do. And we was the one that was producing and creating a masterpiece. All eyes on me. So who's jealous? Think sure Knight was jealous. Yeah. You know, Daz has some good points, man. I think the whole jealous narrative is just fans speculating shit. It's very like, here we go. Here's the Tupac stands. A lot of Tupac stands have this theory that, you know, everybody around him, there's a conspiracy theory that they wanted to get him killed, that this and that. It's like you guys, you guys are just seeing video clips of people and assuming shit. That's all that's going on. Daz was there. Like, how, this is, I don't understand this, right? People that try to argue with people that were there 
in that moment. Like, you know, I can understand the people that were there in the moment arguing back and forth and people telling other people's sides of stories. That makes sense. But fans that were never in the studio with these motherfuckers, that were never day-to-day with these motherfuckers, assuming that these guys were jealous and just hating out of nowhere because of video clips or something that Snoop Dogg was in a video clip and he was looking at Tupac in a weird way. Like, what the fuck? Maybe Snoop Dogg was high. Maybe he was thinking of some shit. You never looked at somebody and you're not actually looking at them or even thinking about them, but you're just somehow your eyes are wandering there. And that happens, guys. Like, so I don't like, I hate the, the, these are the Tupac stands, by the way. Like, we're talking about stands and fans and all this shit. These are the type of stands that, like, they take take shit overboard, man. Um, So Daz made a good point, but then uh, Fat Joe weighed in on it. And this is what Fat Joe had to say. So let's get into Fat Joe's comments. I seen Daz from the dog pound talking about, uh, you know, we made Tupac, we this and this and that, right? That's how I took it, right? And so now I start backing up, you know, when Death Row grabbed Tupac, he was already the most popular guy. He was a super duper 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 star. And one night, the night I was there, when you hear the record Biggie and Tupac, I got Black Michael Evans and all my niggas in the pen. Here we go again. Ain't nothing separating me from a Mac 10. I'm standing right next to them. I'm on stage with them. It was at a Big Daddy Kane show in Madison Square Garden. So Biggie and Tupac pulled me because I was in the crowd like a fan. They pulled me out. I only had Flo Joe, yo, crack, come with us. I came with them. The point I'm trying to make prior to that is when Tupac walks into the arena he walked in from like where you buy a hot dog and you walk in and um, the crowd is going crazy Big Daddy Kane's the biggest rapper on earth he's on stage but the crowd is like "Ah, this right after Juice there's no way uh, Tupac wasn't lit before he went to death row. He was super the most talked about guy in the world. Now, I do understand when he says, how can I be jealous of him if I gave him hits? Very important. I've given artists hits and people tell me, yo, how you give them hits? And I'm like, it's my brother. I love them. I love the artists. So it's very unselfish to work with an artist and give him hits. And he gave Tupac hits or produced the beats. I don't know the creative process, but I do understand. I do not believe Daz was jealous of Tupac Shakur or Snoop Dogg or none of them. Exactly. And Fadjo needs to start his own like podcast and actually like speak on news topics. Cause very interesting. I would love to have Fadjo. Fadjo, I don't know where he's living. I think he's living in Miami, but if he was living in Atlanta, like I would do some Vlad shit with him where I'd bring him on every day to talk about current topics. It'd be really cool. But, um, I say all that to say Fadjo has a great perspective because he's given hits to other artists. And if, if jealousy is when you don't want to give hits to other artists, when you, when you want to keep everything to yourself, that's not, if you're giving hits to people, man, how, how's that you jealous of people? And that's the problem with these stands that I'm referring to, Tupac stands. They're just throwing shit out there because they see a video of some guy, of Snoop Dogg, looking at Tupac in a little weird way, whatever. It's not even a weird way. He's probably just high as shit, and they're assuming things. 
So stop assuming things with a lot of these artists, guys. Please, for the sake of just stop making these old... By the way, these guys are old. Fat Joe and everybody, Daz and everybody. Stop making these old men stressed out, man. We don't want them to get heart attacks and end up, you know, something bad happening to them. Because y'all stressing them out with this bullshit of jealousy. So stop it. Stop it, guys. Stop it, damn it. Uh, shout out to Daz, Fat Joe. Great, great, uh, great stories. Speaking of Snoop Dogg and being high and... Speaking of jealousy, actually, uh, this is a very interesting story. Snoop Dogg and Master P are suing Walmart for allegedly sabotaging Snoop's cereal. So what does this have to do? Uh, Snoop Dogg and Master P are suing Walmart and post-consumer brands for allegedly sabotaging their cereal brand. Uh, in a lawsuit filed by Snoop and Master P's company, Broadus Foods, they claim uh, post-insured that Snoop's cereal will not be available to consumers. The two claim the move was a retaliation for refusing to sell their company to Post and have hired prominent civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump to take on retail conglomerates. According to Billboard, the company filed on Tuesday, February 6th, and Crump claimed essentially because Snoop and Master P uh, refused to sell Snoop cereal in totality, Post entered a false arraignment, arrangement where they could choke broadest foods out of the market, thereby preventing Snoop cereal from being sold or produced by any competitor. Snoop and Master P founded the cereal brand in 2022, approaching Post shortly afterwards about a production distribution partnership. Post allegedly attempted to buy the company outright, but the offer was refused with the two parties later agreeing to a deal where Post would treat Snoop cereal as one of their own brands and distribute it to various retailers, including Walmart. The lawsuit claims that Post had no intention of honoring the partnership. The claim further alleges that the cereal, which was sold in Walmart for a period, was a successful product, but the retailer's systems would falsely show that the breakfast food was out of stock. The legal filing claims that Walmart stores did have a stock of Snoop cereal, but it was not being displayed for customers. It also accuses Post and Walmart of a conspiracy to collude against broadest foods. Uh, while most of the lawsuit was targeted at Post, Walmart was also named as a defendant with the supermarket chain accused of working with Post to stop boxes of Snoop cereal from appearing on their shelves. Uh, in response to the lawsuit, Walmart issued a statement affirming their support for small businesses and offering an alternative reason as to why sales of Snoop cereal might be slow. Walmart said this, uh, Walmart values our relationships with our suppliers and we have a strong history of supporting entrepreneurs. Uh, many factors affect the sales of any given product, including consumer demand, seasonality, and price, to name a few. We will respond to the appropriate with the we will respond as appropriate with the court once we are served with a complaint. Post has yet to respond to the lawsuit. Um, while Snoop has not addressed the lawsuit, Master P appeared to reference their filing on social media where he said, we are building a family brand. Dr. Martin Luther King showed us how to dream, fought racism, and guess what? We're doing the same in, a corporate, in corporate America for equal rights for everybody. I know if something happens with Snoop Dogg and Master P, if some lawsuits like sexual assault lawsuits, like how Diddy, they're going to point to this and say this is the reason why these lawsuits are coming out. Because Diddy did the same thing with the liquor brand, saying that they're being racist and uh, only marketing towards uh, you know urban communities instead of globally like they do with every other brand. And then all these lawsuits came out with Diddy. But I don't believe those things. I think it just, you know, uh, Diddy had these things going on regardless behind the scenes and then just caught up to him. So... What was I going to say? I think, uh, you know, there's a possibility this is happening, but there's a possibility that just sales aren't performing. Uh, I never saw Snoop Cereal. I didn't even know Snoop Cereal existed till now. So uh, this lawsuit might be actually a good thing. It might 
bring people more attention and maybe support the cereal more. I don't eat cereal anymore. I've kind of grown out of that phase. I don't know in the morning. I really don't eat in the morning. I'm not a morning person to eat. Um, I remember I had to go to the doctors early in the morning and, uh, for the dentist and I knew I couldn't eat all day. They said, you know, just eat in the morning. You got to eat in the morning. And, uh, I had to like force myself to eat in the morning. I am not a morning person to eat. I could care less about breakfast. I I'm good. I, I won't eat till probably two, three, uh, you know, in the day. Usually that's about the time when I start to eat. Uh, I just, I don't know. I feel like I, I get, I don't know. I, I feel like I get slower or like, I don't know. I just don't have as much energy. The more I eat, the less I move, if that makes sense. Like I feel like I'm, and it's, you know, some people will credit that to probably, you know, you need eat healthier foods because it's supposed to give you energy. But even when I go healthier, yes, I feel a lot better. And that's not to say that I eat unhealthy every day, but I, you know, different foods treat me differently and I try not to consume a lot at once too. So, um, yeah, if you're having like an energy problem, you know, you're probably just eating overeating. Um, you got to remember like back in the days as humans, we would hunt our food. So we want to eat as often, but now we got this whole supply chain thing and we figured it out as humans. So, uh, now we can eat at whatever point we want. At least the ones, at least us, we're blessed enough to, to be able to afford that luxury. But, uh, yeah, like eating, try not to eat more than, you know, twice a day, I, three times a day. I don't think that's, that's something that's like warranted and needed. I think, uh, that's just marketing and trying to get more and more sales for food uh, companies. But, uh, twice a day is good. I usually eat twice a day, maybe once a day and then snacks in between like little things. Uh, but I say all that to say, I haven't tried Snoop cereal. I might try it out now just for the, might do a review on here. Fuck it. I'm going to go on YouTube live and just eat Snoop cereal and see what's up with it. I'm all for supporting hip hop brands. I like rap snacks a lot. Uh, unfortunately I don't see rap snacks anymore, anywhere. Um, I saw a few here or there, but I missed the sour, uh, sour cream with a dab ranch with a dab ranch. The Migos one, uh, RIP, uh, take off. So I'll, 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 I'll check out this brand. Definitely. Uh, shout out to Birdman and his brother Slim, man. I just wanted to congratulate them. I hope I can get Birdman on this podcast. That's one of my dream guests because it's Rich Gang to let bang. And I'm going to be, hopefully I can rub his head for some good luck because he's got a Dragon Ball head, which is amazing. Uh, shout out to him for that. I, I'm definitely going to mention that on the podcast. I'm going to be disappointed in myself if I don't mention a Dragon Ball head. Hopefully he doesn't kill me. But uh, yeah, congratulations to them. They got the keys to the city for New Orleans for uh, their contributions to music and commitment to the community. Johnny and Gladys Williams will be proud. Shout out, Ms. Gladys. Shout out to her, man. Uh, feels like it's my own mother, so shout out to her. Uh, but yeah, they got the key to the city. Very, very dope video. And never, never came easy for us. Coming from uptown, and um, I'm gonna continue. I ain't done with it. That's why I never really cared about doing this, but I always felt like if you, um, if you be honored, that means you finish what you've been doing. I'm not finished that up. Yeah. Man. That's some Birdman shit, man. He said, if you honor, you finish what you do. I'm not done. I'm Birdman, bitch. I'm always rubbing my hands and coming up with new shit. So shout out to Birdman, man. Always letting people know he flex. So, yeah. Uh, dope, dope video, man. Dope. Uh, shout out to them. Congratulations to them. Uh, let's get into the Grammys. I'm not a fan of the Grammys. I always say this every time. Every time I review the Grammys, every time I talk about them, I don't care. The, it was a live on TV. I didn't watch it. But for you guys, I always go over it. I always talk about it. And I specifically want to talk about a few things that happened because there was a little drama surrounding the Grammys uh, when it happened. So let's go over the the winners first. And some of these I agree with. Some of these, you know, whatever. Uh, so record of the year, Miley Cyrus won with Flowers. 
whatever, I guess. Uh, album of the year, Taylor Swift won with Midnight's. Uh, song of the year, uh, Billie Eilish, What Was I Made For from the Motion Picture Barbie, she won. Um, best new artist, Victoria Monet won. Uh, producer of the year, Jack Ontoff won. Yeah, they really snubbed Metro Boomin for that, but I'm not even going to get into that. Best pop solo performance, I'm not going to get into that. Best pop, let's go into hip-hop because it's a lot of electronic dance, hibbity-hobbity, uh, going down. This is rock. They got hip-hop all the way at the bottom because we all know the Grammys don't give two fucks about hip-hop, so we're going to keep going down this list. We'll go to R&B, ICU, Coco Jones won. Um, shout out to Coco Jones, whoever that is. Uh, going down. Jeez, man, where is this hip-hop? This list is ridiculous. Best rap performance. Thank you. So there was Coyle Ray players, Drake, Rich Flex, or 21 Savage, Love Letter, Black Thought, and the Hillbillies with Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar. Scientists and engineers, Killer Mike with Andre 3000 Future and Aaron Allen Kane won. And I had this song in my top five songs of 2023, so I agree with this. I have no problem with this. Um, best melodic rap performance. Shout out to Lil Durk. He won all my life. All my life. He won like two, I think. So shout out to him. Uh, I know he's happy about that. Uh, best rap song, Scientists and Engineers. Again, shout out to Killer Mike. And then best rap album was Michael with Killer Mike. Uh, you know, whatever I, you know, I didn't have in my top 10 list of albums. I had it as an honorable mention, but, uh, out of this list, I probably would have, would have done Metro Boomin's Heroes and Villains and maybe Nas King's Disease 3. But, uh, you know, her loss to Drake 20 Savage was all right. Travis Scott Utopia, not really a big fan of, and then Killer Mike Michael was all right. So I would probably would have put, but whatever, that's, that's neither here nor there. And then whatever else won, cause there's a bunch of other shit on here, but, uh, I don't give two fucks about the Grammys. I could care who wins and who doesn't. I know a lot of people put value in the Grammys. I've never done that. Uh, I kind of just gave up on them after, I don't remember. I think when uh, Macklemore won over Kendrick Lamar and whoever else was nominated, I was like, yeah, this is just, we're done with this. This is just stupid. No disrespect to Macklemore, but he's, where is he now? Like, come on, Kendrick's still shifting the culture. J. Cole, Drake, everybody else. The fact that Drake lost, I think he dropped nothing was the same around that time. He was... He lost to fucking Macklemore, yeah. So after that, you know, I was just like, all right, this, why am I, why am I, here's the problem with people, right? They get mad about the Grammys, but they still watch the shit and they still value the trophies. And I'm going to go on a specific artist about this later on. Um, but I don't, I don't put no value in it, man. To me, like, somebody argues with me, my rapper has more Grammys. I'll be like, congratulations. Like, who gives a fuck? That's an opinion at the end of the day. But that's just my take on it. I could and I know people are telling me, oh, what if 50 had all these Grammys? I really want to give a fuck because at the end of the day, it's an opinion. 50's won all kinds of awards. Do I say, oh, he's this and that, he's this and that? Nah, man, who gives a shit? So what happened at the Grammys, there was quite a few things happened. Killer Mike got arrested. And it was all over the place. Then uh, he spoke on it. So TMZ asked him, like, what the fuck happened? He said this. As you can imagine, there was a lot going on and there was some confusion around which door my team and I should enter. We experienced an overzealous security guard, but my team and I have the utmost confidence that I will ultimately be cleared of all wrongdoing. And then to elaborate more on this, uh, Rolling Stone kind of did some investigation. They spoke with the senior law enforcement official on Monday, February 5th, soon after the brief arrest from the night before. And according to their report, 
Uh, Killer Mike was stopped backstage by the staff member following his wins at the award show. In her version of events, she asked for his tickets and directed him to a security checkpoint, but he allegedly refused and tried to make his way around her. She claims to have subsequently subsequently ran around and got in front of him again, but he allegedly pushed her to the ground, causing her to suffer an injury to her hands and fingers. She then called for help from her fellow security officers and after receiving medical treatment, signed a citizen's arrest for misdemeanor battery. As a result, Killer Mike was arrested and transported for booking and processing and then released on his own recognizance. Um, he's scheduled to make a court appearance on February 29th. So I guess miscommunication. Uh, security was like, hey, we need to check you at this point. Go this way. And he refused to do it. Pushed her. She fell. And then she, he got arrested for a misdemeanor charge of, uh, let me see. What was the misdemeanor? Misdemeanor battery. Citizens arrest for misdemeanor battery. Not a big deal, but it kind of ruins the night. But it kind of brought a lot more attention to Killer Mike. So, I don't know. Is it good attention? Is it bad attention? I don't know. But what I want to mainly talk about is Jay-Z's speech. So, Jay-Z won uh, the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award. It's a it's an award. Uh, that they, It's a new award that they brought out. And it's named after Dr. Dre. And there's some controversy around that as well, but it's a Dr. Dre Global Impact Award. And I think what this is is a scratch your back, scratch my back situation where Jay-Z, you know, brought Dr. Dre for the Super Bowl because he has, you know, ties with the NFL. And then Dr. Dre kind of gave, you know, Jay-Z his, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. I'll give you an award because this award is named after me and I recognize you. Not to say that Jay-Z doesn't deserve to be recognized for that, but shout out to him, Jay-Z and Dr. Dre. Uh, but I want to talk about this speech because I got some, some, some opinions about it. Um, but yeah, let's hear a little bit of the speech. I'm just saying, we just, we want y'all to get it right. We love y'all. We love y'all. We love y'all. We want y'all to get it right. At least get it close to right. And obviously it's subjective. Y'all don't got to clap at everything. Obviously it's, obviously it's subjective because, you know, it's music and it's opinion based. But, you know, some things, you know, I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys, never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, some of you, some of you gonna go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you may get robbed. Some of you don't belong in the category. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that was it. No, when I get nervous, I tell the truth. Um, but outside of that, outside of that, you know, we got to keep showing up. And forget the Grammys for a second, just in life. Um, just in life, you got to keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Forget the Grammys, you got to keep showing up until, you, until they give you all those accolades you feel you deserve until they call you chairman, until they call you a genius, until they call you the greatest of all time. You feel me? All right, so the overall speech, right, is him basically talking about how the Grammys don't get things right. And then he he goes, mind you, this is a global impact, you know, award. Like, hey, you've impacted the culture, blah, blah, blah. You know, you get your flowers, all that. So... The speech is mainly about how Grammys don't get things right. So you're complaining about not getting 
the right trophies to artists. Okay, we agree with that. You know, the Grammys haven't gotten it right. But he talks about how, you know, uh, I believe it was Will Smith, uh, or who I forget what he mentioned in the speech, but they're trying to boycott it, but they ended up watching it. Jay-Z boycotted the Grammys because DMX didn't get nominated and he didn't win, so he ended up watching it too. He didn't really boycott it. And then all these years later, you know, he's like, you guys still haven't gotten it right. At least try to get it close to right. At the end of the day, though, like he was saying in the speech, it's opinion. That's all it is, music opinion. So, you know, there's a bunch of people uh, that get together and then vote and say this is the album that's going to win this and that. He used that speech, and this is where my issue comes in, to mention Beyonce, his wife, having the most fucking awards ever. But I say this all the time. Jay-Z and Beyonce are the most coddled media like coddled artists ever the media loves them anything and everything that they do no matter what the fuck it is it will be global headlines on every media outlet there's no wrong that jay-z and beyonce can do they got every fucking award imaginable and jay-z is crying about her not getting an album of the year award who cares you're talking about they don't get it right and we want to boycott but then you're bitching about not getting more awards and you guys have gotten the most awards ever I say all this to say he could have used that speech. I like the end of the speech where he's talking about show up, show up, be there, all that. He should have used a speech for that, man. Fuck about getting them right. After that speech, he should have briefly said, you guys, Grammys, though, get this shit right because it's ridiculous. Um, and he should have just said, I'm not showing up anymore. Or some, sh some shit that would have been better than, ah, boo-hoo, wham, my wife hasn't got album of the year award. Like, bro, you're a billionaire. You have everything going for you in life. You could have used a speech. Imagine if you if you would have used a speech for something that's actually global impact. That he said, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I tell the truth. You know, when I get nervous, I tell the truth, or whatever the fuck he said in the speech. It's like, dude, tell the truth and tell tell what's going on in the world right now. Talk about the things that are really really matter, like people getting killed left and right, genocides happening, stuff like that. If you really want to get it deep into it, but he has so much connections in the music industry. He doesn't want to break those relationships. He doesn't care about that shit that's happening. Like, this is just a billionaire complaining about not getting more awards. That's all it is. And he's talking about boycott, but never boycotts. Don't show up. Eminem said in 2018, to sway in front of his face, I'm done with the Grammys. Never showed up after that. Doesn't matter if you got nominated or not. Never showed up after that. 50, never shows up. A lot of artists just stop fucking giving a fuck. And you guys shouldn't give a fuck. Nobody should give a fuck. Why? The only reason I'm talking about this is because some people actually care about this stuff. I don't care. I didn't watch it last night. I didn't care about the speech. I just now, yesterday I saw the full speech, and now today I'm watching it again while doing the podcast. That's it. I didn't watch it live. I could give two fucks about artists getting awards. Like That, that doesn't mean shit, man. At the end of the day, it's a chunk of metal that, you know, yeah, it's cool for your ego and accomplishment. You got to acknowledge for something cool, but... You know, it's all about how you feel. If you feel you're the best, who gives a shit at what other people are saying? That's my take on it. That's my speech. If I was up there, I'd been like, yo, fuck the Grammys. I'm boycotting. Thank you for the award. Suck my dick. I'm out of here. That's it. That would have been my speech. That's my global impact speech. I'm just fucking with y'all. But I get where Jay-Z's coming from. So, you know, aside from all the trolling and stuff, I get where he's coming from. But I felt like the speech could have been used for something better, considering it's a global impact award. I know you're you're... You're speaking for the artists that felt like they got snubbed, blah, blah, blah. But we've been known this for the past 30, 40 years. And we're still, instead of just not going, not watching, not doing, not supporting it at all, you guys are still showing up. So it defeats the whole purpose. All, all these years, 
You guys are still showing up. So what you're saying is you're, you're contradicting yourself. Anyways, that's a whole thing. And then speaking of people getting upset about not getting awards, Travis Scott called out the Grammys and said, so Travis Scott talked about it while he's performing on the Grammys. He said, they slept on me 10 times. So he got 10 nominations and zero Grammy wins. Clearly, this, this strikes a chord with people when it comes to these Grammys. And I don't understand what people want. I do not understand. Like me as an artist, I would I would give two fucks if I got an award or not. Right now, as YouTube, they have the streamy awards, whatever, best hip hop, whatever. Like, even if I got nominated, I'd be like, eh, cool. If I got the award, I'd be like, damn, nice. I'll show up. Thank you. But is it gonna like affect my life, man? Is it really gonna be that? So yeah, he he said that on the Grammys and then Drake, uh, you know, didn't even show up. So shout out to Drake for actually standing on business. He said, this is what Drake said. He posted uh, uh, his old speech that he had at the Grammys. I think it was in 2019 where he basically said, it's an opinion-based thing. Don't let the Grammys, you know, dictate who you are as an artist, blah, blah, blah. But he posted that speech on his stories and he said this, all you incredible artists, remember this show isn't facts. It's just the opinion of a group of people whose names are kept a secret with a laughing emoji. Literally, you can Google it. Congrats to anybody winning anything for hip hop, but this show doesn't dictate shit in our world. Sorry, I had to actually look in because it was a little small text there. But he's right, you know, and I think he's probably upset because he didn't win any Grammy. He, you know, he had a, you know, uh, he had four nominations and didn't win. So maybe that's that's where that's coming from. He's upset for that. Regardless, Drake is right. So you know, shout out to him for speaking out on that. But stop giving attention to Grammys, guys. Like I keep saying this over and over. So since I missed, uh, you know, the last episode, I'm going to go over some new music, album sales. I'm going to go over the Billboard Hot 100 and wrap it up. I was going to do album reviews. I'm going to do that in the next episode. I know I keep pushing it back, but so much stuff has happened with the whole Benzino interview. I want to clarify that and all this Grammy stuff. So new music that came out this uh, past Friday was Don Tolliver, Bandit, Taiga Sensei, Logic Fear, Nicki Minaj, Bigfoot, which is a diss track. I swear, Vezo live from the sixth album. 25, uh, no, Soldier Boy Swag, uh, six album. Uh, let's go into album sales. Morgan Wallen, one thing at a time, 64,000 sold. 21 Savage, number two with American Dream, 56,000 sold. Drake, three for all the dogs, 49,000 sold. Noah Kanan, Stick Season, 45,000 sold. Taylor Swift, 1989, 44,000 sold. SZA, SOS, 40,000 sold. Zach Bryan, self-titled album, 40,000 sold. Taylor Swift, Lover, uh, number eight with 39,000 sold. Taylor Swift, Midnight's number nine with 37,000 sold. And then Morgan Wallen, Dangerous, the double album. Uh, number 10 with 36,000 sold. Jeez, man, these albums just stay selling. Ridiculous. Taylor Swift is all over this shit week after week after week. Uh, Nicki Minaj, Pink Friday 2's album's at number 11 with 35,000 sold. Travis Scott, Utopia's at number 12 with 31,000 sold. Going down the list... Uh, Kevin Gates, The Ceremony, debuts at number 22 with 22,000 sold. Damn, I wish it would have done better. That is disappointing, guys. Y'all got to fuck with Kevin Gates more, man. Stop sleeping on Kevin Gates. Uh, Rod Wave Nostalgia, number 23 with 22,000 sold. Drake Take Care, number 25 with 21,000 sold. Eminem Curtain Call, number 28 with 19,000 sold. Uh, Metro Boomin Heroes and Villains, number 34 with 18,000 sold. Little Baby, My Turn, number 35 with... 18,000 sold. The Lyrical Lemonade album, All Is Yellow, debuted at number 36 with 18,000 sold. That's interesting. Uh, Drake Certified Loverboard, number 45, and Drake 21 Savage and Her Loss both pushed 16,000 copies. And that's it for album sales. Let's get into the Billboard Hot 100 because it's fairly interesting. 
Megan Thee Stallion's quote-unquote diss track, Hiss, debuted at number one. So shout out number one immediately. Uh, I know that's that's probably pissed off Nicki Minaj fans, but the song's number one, obviously because of all the controversy that happened. So shout out to her. I don't know if it's going to stay at number one, but we'll see. Uh, Jack Harlow, Loving On Me is number two. Cruel Summer, Taylor Swift, number three. Lose Control, Teddy Swims, number four. Uh, Tate McRae, Greedy, number five. I Remember Everything, Zach Bryan, number six. Agora Hills, Doja Cat, number seven. Beautiful Things, Benson Boone, number eight. Red Run, 21 Savage, uh, number nine. And then SZA News, number 10. Going down the list, Tom McDonald, Ben Shapiro. Yes, Ben Shapiro's rapping. If you don't know who Ben Shapiro is, he's like a political com- commentator, blah, 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 debater, stuff like that. Uh, this song was catching a lot of attention, so I was interested to see when it would debut. Debut at number 16. That's pretty interesting. Uh, the Ariana Grande song just fell really low. Damn, that shit was number one, and then it went to number six, now number 17. Uh, going down, Nicki Minaj debuted her diss track, Bigfoot, at number 23. Yeah, diss tracks are doing some numbers. Uh, Nicki Minaj, everybody is at number 26. Rich Baby Daddy Drake, number 29. Going down the list. Ice Spice, Think You the Shit, Fart, debuted at number 37. Uh, Fuck You Mean Gunner, number 39. FTCU, Nicki Minaj, number 40. Usher Good Good, number 42. Drake First Person Shooter, number 45. JID Surround Sound, number 47. Going down. Nina, 21 Savage, number 56. Uh, You Broke My Heart, Drake, number 61. Drake, I Don't Give a Fuck, number 65. 21 Savage, Prove It, number 70. 21 Savage, N-H-I-E, number 71. 21 Savage, All of Me, number 72. 21 Savage, Should Have Wore a Bonnet, number 76. Fiend, Travis Scott, number 81. Interesting, okay. Some of these tracks are moving through. Moving through. 21 Savage, Sneaky, number 95. And then My Eyes, Travis Scott, number 99. And then Worth It with Don Tolliver, an offset, 100. That's cool. But yeah, that's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. Thank you all for supporting. I appreciate you guys. Hopefully I can get more interviews for you guys, surprise you guys. And thank you all. Support the sponsor. That's drinkgoldeneagle.com forward slash DMP. Support them. Check them out. Supporting them is supporting me. So please, if you have any ounce of energy drink, uh, if you love energy drinks at any at any capacity, Check it out, man. I think you guys will love the drink. Uh, very, very nice. Very smooth. And uh, no aftertaste, no acid reflex, none of that stuff. So check them out. Spotify, Deezer, Pocket Cast, YouTube, all that. Have an amazing night, day, whenever you listen to this. And peace.